Besides Kirill Kaprizov, where are the rest of the Minnesota Wilds' late-round draft picks? We investigate today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is available on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we investigate how the Minnesota Wild have drafted over the last several years in the later rounds to see what has led to a lack of players from lower in the draft making an impact at the NHL level. We'll discuss that and we'll take a look at plenty of other draft-related notes on today's show. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and I got this idea for today's episode from Ron on Twitter, who uh, I interact with quite a bit over there. I know he listens to this show quite a bit, and also is uh, on YouTube as well. And uh, it was a fascinating topic to discuss, that being just the uh, the draft in general. He said, uh, would be nice to have one of our mid-round picks develop like Pittsburgh got with Jake Gensel. Third-round picks seldom take off as fast as he did. And so, kind of jogged my curiosity as to, you know, where are the draft picks that the Minnesota Wild have made over the uh, the last few years? And so we're going to start back in 2015 because I think that's the most impactful draft that the Wild have had total. Um, and we'll kind of get our way to present day and uh, talk about some of those guys as well. Now, there are players on the roster From previous years, you can go back all the way to the 2011 draft. Jonas Brodeen is still here. Uh, Matt Dumba is still here from 2012. And uh, you can go further and further up the list. And 2015, you know, maybe the most impactful. You've got Jewel Erickson Eck in the first round, still a center with the Wild. Jordan Greenway, second-round pick with the Wild as well, and those two have uh, contributed quite well over the last couple of years at the NHL level. Oh, and then you have somebody in the fifth round, some player who uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of him before, Kirill Kaprizov, who has turned from fifth-round pick into franchise superstar. So beyond that, what do we see from wild draft picks and where they have been taken. Well, it's a fascinating story, uh, no matter how you dice it up. And there just are a couple of things to consider before we make this journey is, let's look at the Chuck Fletcher era as a general manager. And it it was an era in which Fletcher built up his core, He got to kind of that group of guys that he had as his team. And so it became a franchise that was 
good enough to get into the playoffs, not really able to kind of hit that next level. They kept getting uh, they kept getting into the postseason, first round exits, and save for a couple of years in which they were higher seeds, 2016, 2017 in particular. Um, we all know how that ended. Beyond that, they were more of an eight seed that got in and had to overcome odds to win a first-round playoff series. It, it was very much a team that kind of hit their ceiling quickly uh, throughout the t- Chuck Fletcher tenure. But the Chuck Fletcher tenure was also marked by a couple of different things from a draft perspective. Because you were one of those perennial make-the-playoff type teams, draft picks weren't a huge focus for this team. They were used to bring in veteran players. They were used to draft players that fit specific areas that maybe had a lower uh, lower ceiling but a higher floor that could get to the NHL level quicker and give you more of an impact as opposed to players that you could develop and build your franchise around. So the Chuck Fletcher tenure, as we're going to see, you had players that made it to the NHL level, but you had a lot of players that didn't. And that's just the that's just any draft in general, is you're taking big swings on players because you identify something that sets them apart from the rest of their draft class. You're looking at their skill set, trying to determine how it fits into your system, if they're a fit that way, if they are a fit any number of other ways. And so a lot of it is just kind of personal interpretation as to, well, I think this player, based on what they bring to the table, is a better fit for us than they would be for other teams. Now, there is the whole other angle of just how much longer it takes for draft picks to end up getting to the NHL level. And just because you're drafted by a team doesn't necessarily mean that you sign with them. So there are just a ton of other variables that lead to it being more likely that players don't make it to the NHL level than do. And so it's not a perfect science. Nobody's batting a 1,000. But it is interesting to just go back and look at the last handful of seasons and just look at the number of players that either did or didn't make it. I feel like maybe because we have spent more time over the last couple of years really focusing on the draft since Judd Brackett came in, It just feels like there is potential that a lot of different players, whether drafted or signed as free agents, just younger players, it seems like, have a much better chance of making the roster. And you look at this wild prospect pool, just seems like there are more than a few players that are going to be capable of doing some things Uh, at the NHL level before all is said and done. So you you look back at that Fletcher, and it's like, eh, there were were players, there were some decent players drafted during there, but a lot of the time the picks were traded or just were kind of 
dice rolls that didn't end up playing out. So hopefully Judd Brackett is able to kind of balance those scales a little bit uh, because the Wild over the next couple of years are going to need some of the guys they drafted a few seasons ago to pan out and to fill roles at the NHL level uh, because of uh, just because of where this team is at. So let's continue this journey by just taking a look back at some of the draft classes for the Minnesota Wilds. And not only that, but with the ability of hindsight, looking at other players that were available around the time that the Wild selected uh, their various picks, because that that's kind of an interesting ep- exercise too, is looking at, well, what did they see in this player that they didn't see in this other player uh, that maybe made it a little further. So we're going to take a full look back as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Taking a look back at some previous draft classes to see where the Wild have hit in later rounds uh, and where they have missed as well. So we're going to go all the way back. We talked a little bit about 2011-2012. We're just going to start just because I think it's the most successful recent draft um, with 2015. We talked about Jewel Erickson Eck. We talked about Jordan Greenway. We talked about Kirill Kaprizov as well in the fifth round. But you look at those other picks. L.S. Stezka uh, taken in the fourth round of 2015. You have Nick Boca of the U.S. National Development Team taken in the sixth round. Gustav Boroman and Jack Sadek taken in the seventh round. And to this point, none of those other guys have uh, made it to the NHL level. And um, it looks as though you, you look at Stezka for one. He's playing in uh, the Czech League. Some of these other players, um, Boreman as well, uh, he is was playing in the AHL. Uh, back in 2018-2019 with the Wild, but has uh, has gone back overseas. Uh, Jack Sadek, another name. Uh, he is currently playing with the Ontario Reign in the AHL. And so it, it looks as though some of these guys, it's just going to be a, a tougher opportunity for them to get to the NHL level. Um, and... You look at Nick Boca as well. Um, he is currently playing with the Rochester Americans in the AHL and was with the Cincinnati Cyclones in the ECHL. So a lot of those picks didn't pan out. 
2015. But you look at how successful the rest of that draft class was, you are willing to take a few swings uh, to have players such as Eric Sinek, Greenway, and Kaprizov, who franchise player and two mainstays on the roster. Uh, I would say that, uh, that that was pretty successful with the also caveat that you didn't have necessarily some of those late-round picks that, uh, that you would hope for. Now, let's back it up one year to 2014. You had Alex Tuck in round one. Louis Belpedio in round three. Capo Kakinen in round four. Tanner Faith in round five. Pontius Shaleen. Chase Lang. Reed Duke in round six. And Pavel Yenis in round seven. Now, the first three guys have made it to the NHL level. Tuck. Uh, traded around a couple of te- of times. He was uh, sent to Vegas in the expansion draft, then traded to Buffalo for Jack Eichel. He is still a very good NHLer, and that is definitely the one that got away from that uh, 2014 draft. And I, I know you don't have to tell me that uh, that was the price that the Wild paid to keep Matt Dumba on the roster for the uh, Vegas expansion draft. So hefty price there. We, we know how it played out. We, uh, we don't have to dive into that any further. Uh, Louis Belpedio, a cup of tea at the NHL level. Capo Kakinen was the interesting one here because you take a, a goalie in the fourth round. He does get up to the NHL level. He has some good success with the Wild uh, in his um, second season, going 16-8-0. But then kind of starts to struggle after that. He was 12-8-3 in 2021-2022 before he was traded. And it was just a situation of not really seeing the things from him that lead you to believe that he's going to be a franchise guy. His numbers aren't super good with the San Jose Sharks either. So it looks as though that was probably the right decision. He's 3-7-2 with a 3.83 goals against average so far this season, and is the backup to James Reimer. That seems like that was the right decision to cut bait there because I think Philip Gustafson has shown more intrigue than Kakinen did. So that is a a situation in which you maybe find a backup there in round four, but at the end of the day, you don't find somebody that um, is going to stick on your roster. You back up even a year... Carson Soucy in round five of the 2013 NHL draft. And Soucy now with the Seattle Kraken. He seems like a player that uh, is going to be a perennial NHLer. Um, would like to have him still on the, uh, the wild roster, but that was the price that they paid during the Seattle expansion draft. So Soucy, that definitely seems like one that worked out back in 2013 as a fifth round pick. But... Other than that, that year, Gustav Olofsson in round two, 62 games at the NHL level. Curtis Gabriel, 51 games at the NHL level. And none of the other guys drafted that year made it there either. Let's move on to 2016. Luke Cunnan, the first-round pick for the Minnesota Wild, center from Wisconsin. And uh, still in the NHL, he was traded to Nashville by the Minnesota Wild for Nick Bonino. 
that's, again, another situation in which you are taking a young asset and you are flipping him um, to try to bring in a veteran. That's exactly what the Wild did in that situation. Cunning, though, has bounced around. He was with Nashville for a couple of years, now with the San Jose Sharks. Just hasn't really lived up to the expectations that were put on him as a mid-first-round pick. He's been right around a a 10-goal scorer per year in the NHL. He had 15 for the Wild um, in 2019-2020, but beyond that, he really just has not put up solid numbers. So that was a pick that you know gets to the NHL level but is not one and it, it wasn't one that was going to be a guy that really changes or impacts your franchise in a significant way uh 2017 Ivan Lodnia Mason Shaw who has just gotten to the NHL level oh I I jumped the gun here a little bit 2016 so Cunning was your first round pick Brandon Duhame, a fourth-round pick in that draft, and uh, we've seen the impact he's made over the couple of years as a bottom-six guy. Uh, then in the seventh round, Dmitry Sokolov and Braden Sheezen. Uh, those guys still working their way through the system, uh, have not gotten to the NHL level as of yet, and that's going to be kind of a common theme for the, uh, the Wild here over the next couple of years is you're getting closer and closer to these guys having just been drafted. So the number of them that uh, end up getting to the NHL level is, uh, is not as high. Um, 2017 Lodnia has mentioned Mason Shaw in the fourth round. He has just gotten to the NHL level this year and has, has shown some nice promise as a fourth round kind of a grit and grind player. Uh, that has uh, has really caught on with the Wild roster this year. Uh, you look at a very interesting one in 2017 as well, Bryce Misley taken in uh, round four. With the 116th overall pick, Misley in Austria this season. He was with the Iowa Wild last year, um, and so still kind of learning the... Uh, Still kind of learning the AHL, ECHL level. But I want to key in on that uh, that Misley pick because you pick him at 116th overall in that draft. And I want to turn your attention to who was available in, the, uh, in that draft just a few picks later. At 121, the Ottawa Senators draft Drake Batherson and Batherson with 126 points in 176 games at the NHL level already. That's a situation and you know it's not a knock on Misley. And obviously situation and where players are drafted impacts them as well as their skill set does. If they go to a, a team that does not have a, a good fit for them, it's not going to work out. And so you can draft a, a really talented player, but if if they just don't mesh with what you're trying to do, then it's it's not going to work out. So you wonder how Batherson would have done here, what the scouts were looking at um, in, in that particular draft. They obviously had some things that they saw in Misley 
that they liked. And so that's that's why that ended up playing out the way uh, the way that it did. But the Wild had plenty of other players that they could have taken instead of Misley um, that uh, that could have also panned out. It's a lot of the draft is just kind of it's it's revisionist history. It's hindsight. It's a lot of looking back and saying, well, this didn't play out. This didn't play out. But it is interesting just to see kind of your success rate as to players drafted and players that get up to the NHL level. We still have a few years to go because there are some more later round hits so far for the Minnesota Wild. And so we'll continue the discussion as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Continuing our discussion, looking at the draft picks for the Minnesota Wild over the last few seasons and uh, what they have been able to do at the NHL level, what they've been able to do with later round picks. Uh, So uh, we're getting now to 2018, and this is going to be this is going to be where we start to see players that are still in the system, but we have seen a couple of guys that have uh, hopped up to the NHL level uh, as well. So let's let's go to 2018. Philip Johansson as that uh, first round pick in 2018. Um, he is still over in the Swedish leagues. At this point, and uh, if I recall correctly, he did not sign uh, with the Minnesota Wild because just it, it just didn't work out um, in that uh, in that draft. And it's crazy because that looks like such a big looks like such a big miss. But he was so young when he was drafted that. Um, it, there was just so much pressure put on him to come to the wild and to make just this huge impact right away. And uh, you look at him right now, he still is uh, just 22 years old. So still has plenty of time ahead of him and looks like he maybe is starting to um, put some things together over in Sweden, but that's just an example of one that uh, that didn't go well for the Wild. Interesting that in 2018 you also had Jack McBain, who was taken in the third round. McBain with now the Arizona Coyotes, and he's played in 30 games this year. He's got six points, four goals, and two assists. And the funny thing about McBain was that he did not, I guess, see a path to getting to the NHL level and so wanted to go elsewhere. And so Bill Guerin took a player that he selected in the third round, or a player that was selected, I should say, in the third round back in 2018, and he flipped him to Arizona and I believe got a second-round pick in return. So that's another part of it, too, is that Again, there may not be a clear path for a player to get onto the NHL roster, and McBain was uh, was pretty intent on doing that and just did not have an opportunity and a path to do so here. So he ended up moving on. 
Um, beyond that, you've got uh, Alexander Hovanov, and um, he was last year with the Iowa Wild and the Iowa Heartlanders, bounced around a little bit between the two teams, but uh, it did not go well. And so he now, uh, I believe, is back overseas. And that just was a situation of work ethic from what I was was told is that it just the, the coaching staffs that he worked with tried to kind of put him in a good position. And you can put a player in whatever position you want to. If they don't put in the work, it's just not going to work out. Uh, Connor Dewar from 2018, starting to make his impact known at the NHL level, um, leading the NHL in shorthanded points, six goals in 65 career games. He looks like he's going to be a solid pick and a solid fit with the Minnesota Wilds uh, amongst their roster, especially over the next couple of years with what he's able to do, the different positions he's able to play. So that looks like a third-round pick that uh, is going to hit. Now, not necessarily at the level that, say, Jake Gensel is performing, but you're starting to see some of these guys step up and make an impact um, at the NHL roster as well. And, you know, we, we go up the list kind of to close. 2019, you had Matt Boldy in the first round. That looks like a real, real solid selection. Some of those guys later in the draft, Adam Beckman in the third round has shown promise and has uh, appeared in a few NHL games so far to start his career. And you look up at uh, 2020 with Marco Rossi, and uh, his game is improving at the AHL level to where the hope is that he can uh, continue he can continue his growth and can be a productive member of the um, of the NHL roster here within the uh, the next year. Um, beyond that, the Wild didn't have a ton of picks in 2020. 2021, Jesper Wallstead and Carson Lambos in the first round. Jack Pert in the second round. And um, those guys all look like they are going to be solid pros. Now, Wallstead has... It's been... A bumpy ride for him at Iowa so far, but it's all about getting acclimated to that level, getting uh, getting comfortable, getting accustomed to what all goes into it, and then starting to rack up the saves after that. Not not supremely worried about Wallstead um, and his development at this point. Lambos is just looks like he's going to be a solid defenseman. For the Wild, but if you listen to Spoke Z when he hops on this show, he raves about Kyle Masters' fourth-round pick from 2021 and what he's able to bring to the table. And so, yes, the later rounds have not been marked with as many hits as you would like. There still have been some uh, throughout uh, the course of, of the uh, the last handful of years for the Minnesota Wild. I mean, you go back to 2009, Eric Howla, uh, Halla as a seventh-round pick still hanging around in the um, at the NHL level. Maybe not like a, a game-breaker per se, but still a solid player that is continuing to get it done uh, at the NHL level. And it, it's all about... it's. 
all about the fit. It's all about what you are looking for in a particular player. And so I think more so if you're looking at where the blame lies, a player not living up to their expectations, or scouts not knowing what they have when they draft a particular player, I think that's where I think that's where the conversation kind of gets steered to is hey, what is your franchise looking for when you take these particular players that don't end up panning out? Like what what qualifications are you looking for for NHL players if this kind of thing keeps happening? So we uh, the jury's still out a little bit on the Judd Brackett draft classes so far. They have been receiving pretty high praise uh, during the draft, you know, that immediate reaction after. But ultimately, we're not going to really know until these guys start to make impacts at the NHL level. And so we'll uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on it, but uh, we will definitely revisit this discussion at a later date. That will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. Don't miss our pregame preview coming later today. Wild taking on the Anaheim Ducks this evening. We'll have a postcast for you after the game as well as in a uh, game recap episode for you, a crossover with Locked on Ducks. That'll be coming up tomorrow, so make sure to follow all of that on Locked on Wild on your favorite podcast platforms as well as on social media. You can follow us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.